welcome to My Turn Podcast, a games podcast hosted by extra competitive siblings. My name's Jem and I'm joined by my favourite non-biological sibling, Tim! Hello dear, did you survive the storm? Uh, yes, we... <laughs> <laughs> we have experienced the power of Eunice in the last few days. Uh, if you're not in the UK, um, you might have seen this on the news. It was pretty significant. The wind was pretty angry. She was a How gusty wench, wasn't she? She, she was, was a gusty wench. She was gusty. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Um, it was um, It was interesting watching things flying around outside. Um, but I was safe and huddled under a blanket just gaming all weekend. So it was all good. Yeah, sounds like the best kind of plan. I was most, Friday uh, was when it was really bad in our area of the UK and I pretty much had the Xbox on all day, even mm-hmm. though I was kind of pretending to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> little bit of emails, little bit of gaming. Yeah. Uh, what games were you playing, incidentally? Do you know what? I, t- I mean, it's not what I'm going to talk about today because you've already covered it, but um, oh, no. I finally got onto Cyberpunk 2077. I, I haven't covered this because... on the podcast, by the oh, way. Haven't you? No. Oh, okay. I just presumed you would have because, it, you know, it's been yeah. out for a long time. But of course, the big thing that happened this weekend is they launched their major patch, which, you know, answered a lot of the um, reticence people had to go and jump on because yeah. reputedly it had lots of bugs. And in addition to that, they did a great big price drop to about 20 quid uh, to entice people back in. So I thought, now's the time. Uh, you lucked out because I bought it. Well, I think it was pre-ordered. I got it um, the Christmas after it was released. So we had it like brand new and shiny out of the box. Um, but luckily, I had an Xbox Series X really early on. So I played it with minimal bugs. I'd say the Series X had the least problems reported and after the patch that they put on quite soon after it came out basically the bugs were just funny um as i've discussed before my favorite was riding around on a motorcycle and suddenly standing up naked um (laughs) also my other favorite was there was a point in the game where i punched the glass in a window to get into a small building and as i punched the glass i found myself in a desert (laughs) (laughs) nice it was like i just morphed into a different area on the map completely different area you smashed so hard you punched right through the game yeah and my other favorite bug was uh, and this was before the first or second patch that they did early on um if you looked in the mirror your character's clothes would sort of go in and out of shot. Oh, yeah. And so I am playing as the female V and I just kept seeing my own boobs. <laughs> All of these just sound like things you would enjoy happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I was having a great time, to be honest. I don't know what these people were on about. Mm-hmm. I was having the time of my life with the game. Um, but I, <laughs> we haven't covered it on the pod because I haven't completed the campaign. I'm probably... I'd say two thirds through the campaign and then I thought, no, do you know what? I don't want to do the whole thing and then the update comes out and then I don't want to... I'm not very good at replaying a whole game, especially a massive open world game Mm -hmm, like this. mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, save the campaign. And also I've saved some of the side missions. Um, Like there's a few that you do one and then you get more options for side missions with those characters. And I've saved some of those because I know I like those characters. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Are you enjoying it so far, though, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I love the, the style of it, the world building, the characters, all the things. I found the menus very intimidating for the first yeah. hour. Yeah. But I've gotten used to it now. You just It takes a little while. Yeah, I think that they're once you get used to them, they're actually, they're actually weirdly immersive. I feel like they become part of your brain <laughs> once you get used to them. Um, I was really intimidated by all of it. And things like the code breaking and stuff like that, at first you're like, what the hell is going on when you're hacking stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, once you get into the mindset, it's it's really cool. I mean, what what a world they've made. And I really, really hope that um gamers sort of come back to it and give yeah. give it the support that i think all those poor devs deserve because mm. um, <laughs> bless them they've they've made an amazing world and people have worked really hard in this game and it just got released too soon 
that's the way I look at it. Um, yeah, yeah, it did. I think I think they will. I think they've enticed people back. They've done some good PR around the relaunch, as it were. So I think they will. Yeah. And what kind of V are you playing out of interest before we move on? What oh, flavour uh, V? I'm, well, I'm a man and I went down the corpo route. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I went, I went female and also down the corpo route. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, as we, as we get through the campaign, we can have more chats about this. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I work with so many kind of like big global scary corporations in my day job. I felt like I might have more affinity for it and some insider information. Mm. <laughs> That's why I went for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like it because I normally go for like scummy rebel route if there's sure. a choice. So I was like, no, let me, let me, let me just, let me go where the money is and see, uh, see how that affects mm-hmm. things. But, um, mm-hmm. oh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to, um, see what's changed and what my experience of it will be like now, having done so much of it previously. Um, and while I'm talking, my microphone is just moving on its own. <laughs> Did you see that tip on the video? Mm, mm-hmm. Ghost mic. So, ghost mic. I'm just going to readjust that. Oh, 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 oh. Um, another bit of game news. We, we haven't done game news for a while. Maybe we should bring it back. But another bit of game news, uh, relevant to both our interests. I noticed that uh, one of our favourite publishers of board games exploding kittens have a new game that they're crowdfunding for have you seen this yes i did and it involves one of my favorite animals wombats i know aren't they wonderful with their cube poos yes (laughs) why do why do they poo in cubes stackable it's so so they can play games it's so they can play jenga and things like that Exactly. Have you seen this game though? Have you seen um, the game they're crowdfunding for? Yeah. What do you think? It's like a it's it's a stacking game, obviously, uh, as we've already referenced. To mm-hmm. <laughs> slight sort of adjacent idea to the fact they've got stackable shits. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, I love a stackable game. In fact, I I kind of got a sort of a stacking well i've got a stacking game to talk about later in this session actually but you know how you know we love a jenga session so anything that's a riff on that oh my gosh tim and i and our history of jenga (laughs) and the drunken japes that have ensued (laughs) (laughs) namely me doing an impression of uh was it american beauty american beauty with yeah you you instead of rose petals crashed into the jenga tower on the table covered yourself in jenga bricks and said i'm american beauty it was was quite a moment jenga's great though because it's one of those games that's better the worse you get at it you know like many games once once you start to deteriorate you're like oh we should probably stop playing this now but with jenga it's like you 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 know when you start to get messier that's when the game becomes more entertaining (laughs) yeah true I'm so good at Jenga that when I played it recently over Christmas, um, the people I was playing with, so I was playing with Erin, um, other other brother and uh, co- co-host of the podcast usually, and uh, my husband and Erin's partner Beth, and um, I can't remember who, I think it might be my husband. One of them got so angry, they pushed the table <sighs> after, after I'd done my brick so that it fell down. They were so angry at my my Jenga skills. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, it fell down. It fell down. You touched Mm -hmm. it last, it fell down. I was like, you bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Those are not the rules. Those are not the rules. But yeah, I'm really intrigued by um, this new game from Exploding Kittens because I love all their games. Mm. And even the ones that I'm not like, are not like 10 out of 10s for me, I still have a a great fondness for. And so this is like a cooperative stacking game but um, there's a bit of social deduction involved whereby you have your eyes shut and you have to guess who's the saboteur. Yes. <laughs> who's the, just to quote RuPaul, who's the inner saboteur of the one that stuck stacking? <laughs> I, in, in particular, I really want to see it being played by people with like visual impairments or sight loss or something just to see if it like it play it feels any different to them like whether i'm not gonna go i'm not going down the superhero route of like they've got heightened senses but i just wonder if there would be kind of a different feel of where people are in the room yeah 
I my one sort of concern about this game is that I uh, I'm sure that I could tell who was doing stuff because I can smell people. Like mm-hmm. well, we can all smell people, but I'm quite like I've got smell a vision a bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounds really weird, <laughs> but I'm really like I I've got a bit of like hypersensitivity with certain things and. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd if someone got close enough to me to like knock something over, I reckon I could smell who it was. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea <laughs> that is that you're all weird. you're all quite close together anyway, though, aren't you? Yeah. Like you're all around the oh, table, yeah, so I don't I don't think it's like you're approaching from far away. Yeah. <laughs> or what about if like oh yeah, I'm feeling like it's more like jousting and you take turns. Like, yeah, I don't think it's like that. It. <laughs> I think it's more like hungry, hungry hippos kind of scenario. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. That mm-hmm. yeah, that works. But what about like if someone's got a really hairy hand and they sort of brush your hand as Mr. they're Wolf. knocking things down? Then you, yeah, Mr. Wolf, exactly. Then it would be more like One Night Werewolf. Well, maybe you should all have like an array of tactical gloves that you can call Ooh. upon for each round. Look, I'm inventing add-ons already. What if you yeah. had um, sort of like you could have a sort of um, hairy wolf hand. You could have like a, a jousting gauntlet. You could have. <gasps> Oh yeah, to stop you being able to smell people. It's like a, a medical, medical sort of spandex glove. <laughs> they don't oh. use spandex, do they? <laughs> latex. <laughs> I was trying to think yeah. of latex when I came up with oh, spandex. Oh god, I'm allergic to latex. Like, so I'd be coming me. out in boils. While exactly. <laughs> just adds, adds an element of danger for you. Jeopardy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tactical and tactile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Well, yeah. I mean, that was nice. Talking, talking about some games that uh, we're, we're hyped about. Um, but yeah, I'd be very interested to play it when it comes out. So yeah, that was, we did some news. We actually did yeah. some news. Well done, Tim. And now the weather. <laughs> no, and now we the weather. No, we now, started with the weather. <laughs> we did it backwards. We did actually. Very British of us. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do have a really important question mm. for you, Tim, today. Mm-hmm. Um, now, are you a fungi or are you a fungi? I like to think I'm a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it. That's what it says on all my profiles. Yeah, yeah, fun, fun guy. You and know. the reason I ask is because all our games today are having a slightly tenuous in some in some cases um, mushroomy theme. Mmm, mushrooms. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, 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 yum. Uh, we both love mushrooms. I feel like if you don't like mushrooms. Do you have a soul? That, that's my question. Mm, yeah, do one. Switch off right now. Just, just go away. I mean, if you're allergic, that's different. But like, if you just don't like them, yeah, you're weird. Yeah. That's why we're doing today's podcast without Erin. He's <laughs> one of those people. Oh, no. Uh, in fact, both my biological brothers don't like mushrooms. Weirdos. They've been disinvited. Yeah. Should we start with um, the one that is actually called Fungi then? Funga! Yes, okay. Um, so I'll take charge of this one, All shall right. I? Yeah, you tell me. Okie doke. Um, so, uh, in a nutshell, so what is the most mushroomy nut, would you say, Tim? The most mushroomy nut? Yeah. I really wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> no, you, stu- you stumped me on what's the most I mushroomy nut. You. You have stumped me. Um, it's an important part to... of our games analysis. Yeah, you might have to come back to me on what's the mushroomy now. I'll interrupt you at some point during this and I'll come up with it. Oh, I know. I know it. Go on. Chestnut. Chestnut mushroom. Yes. That's an actual very mushroom good. called a chestnut yes, mushroom. Very good. I don't know. I ducked it out of my head. I was going to say that, um, so I'm very glad you got that. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a moment. (laughs) There we go. Yay. Well done, Tim. Thanks. Hang on. Let me try the one-handed clap. No, it doesn't work for you. I'm just just moving air around. You don't have the skills. You you, you don't have the skills. Um, (laughs) That was a throwback to our last episode. Um, So, Fungi. Fungi. 
however you want it. Fun G, some people even say. Hmm. Um, this is a savoury guard game for two players, uh, recommended for ages 10 and up. The game's by Brent Povis. Um, I think it came out in 2014, and it's published by Pegasus Spieler. Um, now, in this game, you... Uh, let me read the blurb, actually, Tim, because I think it's quite evocative. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. <clears throat> you stand in the middle of the forest and take in a deep breath of fresh air. You can feel that today must be your lucky day. Over the last week, sunshine and rain have taken turns to create the perfect environment for a luscious harvest of savoury mushrooms. Advice from the local populace is also giving you a boost in confidence. Equipped with a large basket, you started early in the day before dawn under the glow of moonlight. You even packed a pan, some butter and cedra, so that the reward come nightfall will be a feast around your campfire of all the savoury mushrooms you have gathered. It is going to be a beautiful day. Lovely. I'm getting some very strong Grimm's fairy tale vibes from this. I'm ready to be attacked by a wolf or a bear or assaulted by a small woman in a red hood. Yeah, I was, uh, when I said you're carrying a basket, I immediately like <laughs> giggled internally because uh, I was like, oh yeah, Red Riding Hood. Um, what a lovely, evocative little bit of context for the game. It's so sweet. <laughs> it is. I love it. Yeah. Not strictly necessary for the gameplay, but I like that you could create no. that vibe if you wanted to. I, do, I quite want to go and play it in the woods now. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> But the gameplay is very simple and I do like that the effort has been made to really give it this context because as we'll get into uh, this review, it does make you feel things, namely hunger. So... <laughs> <laughs> it does. But um, I was bought this game uh, as a present for my husband because a lot of the time it's just us two at home. And there was a, a period of time where he considered playing more board games with me. And he was like, oh, I was looking for a two-player game we could play together. Um, he probably bought this for me a few years ago. And I think he and I have only played it once. <laughs> but oh. I played it several times with other people. So yeah. this is a, a fair and balanced review. Um, yeah, so... so so kind of the expectations are woodsiness fairy tale yep. hunger <laughs> yep. and something good for two players tell us yep. about how kind of whether that came to be in the gameplay then yeah so i'm not really aware of that many strictly two-player games so i was like this this could be interesting and i wondered what the sort of mechanics would be and basically it's a very simple game there's no board it's all card based and you lay out a woodland trail and that trail consists of eight cards and those cards contain all of the things that you might need to evoke that lovely mushroomy dream that is described in the blurb story. Um, so you might have a mushroom card, you might have a basket, you might have a, uh, a frying pan. Um, and the other thing that you get are these kind of uh, night cards, which have got a little moon on them. And so those are laid from the kind of master deck randomly in like a little path of eight cards in a row. And at the bottom of that, you set a pair of feet, which are again illustrated on a card, which I just think is a really nice touch. You're looking down at your feet mm. and then you look along the woodland path to see all the mushrooms that are near you. Um, and the way that the game goes is you take turns selecting one of the cards in front of your feet that you might want. So you might pick up a frying pan because you need that to cook mushrooms, for example. You might pick up a basket because then you can carry more mushrooms. Or you might be picking up specific mushrooms which you then need to cook by putting in your frying pan. And once you've cooked them, you accumulate the points that those mushrooms are worth. And as with many card games, uh, there are different values attributed to different cards. So different mushrooms are worth more, um, I'm assuming based on their rarity. It seems that way. I'm not the biggest mushroom pro. I haven't heard of all these mushrooms before, but 
I'm assuming it's to do with their rarity. So some mushrooms, there might only be three cards in the entire deck, so they're worth a lot more. And some mushrooms, I think there's 10 cards. So it's a slightly tactical in terms of which ones you pick. And that lovely blurb also included mention of butter and cedra um cider for the layman and <laughs> <laughs> but they do call it cidre right cidre, so, you, so yeah. you have to say it in that manner. you have to call cidre um i don't know why it's not bird and cidre i wondered sure. the same thing yeah yeah what, the, I, the, the crazy mix of languages going on in this <laughs> i don't know i mean yeah don't, and it's a german publisher so mm. who knows and, um, the, and the mushrooms are latin <laughs> Yeah, so we've, got, we've got German, Latin, Latin yeah. English and French going on all in one card game. Yeah, it's, that's funny. But yeah, so it's it's a game of basically harvesting from, from the path and uh, tactically and strategically picking which mushrooms you're going to cook when. And the whole game takes around 30 minutes, I'd say. And by the end of the deck, so once you finish the master deck, once all the mushrooms have been picked from the woods, the game ends and whichever player has the highest value of things cooked, then they are the winner. So very simple concepts and very nice that they've thought about the layout resembling a woodland path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get on to the good stuff. First of all, what did you enjoy mm. most about the experience of playing this tasty game? I really enjoyed how this game was very easy to get into. It's not an easy game because it's strategic. And I think that that also makes it satisfying. It's not like, it's not a purely luck-based game. Although what comes out in the pack is partly luck so it's got that nice balance between the pack drawing being random and you also having some power over how you play what you can see um so part of that includes your ability to purchase sticks so you can trade some of your mushrooms in for sticks and the sticks allow you to reach further into the woods so as i mentioned you can pick the two cards in front of your feet so one of the two cards in front of your feet or you can use the number of sticks you have to reach further along the line that you can see in front of you. And that's quite good, especially later on in the game when you're like thinking strategically, I am collecting this rare mushroom, there's only five of them. And I know that my opponent has already taken one and there's two left in the pack, but I wanna make sure I get the rest. So mm -hmm. sometimes you can reach into the woods and grab something using your sticks. So there, there is that strategy there. There's also the strategy of trying to preempt what your opponent's gonna pick and counting which cards will come up in the next two goes like yeah. for you. I also um, like really enjoyed that element of yeah. it because you and I played together and I think yeah. it was it was quite telling if anyone noticed that you paused for a moment before you said how long it takes to play this game. Because I feel like yeah. maybe most people would play it in under half an hour because you lean into that sort of element of chance. Like, what cards am I going to get? And I'll make the most of it. But because we're so competitive, yeah, it probably really competitive. took us about an hour because we were really... Do you think really, it was an hour? Yeah, we were really, like, thinking through what, like we how were. many moves ahead we were going to go. It was a bit, it was a bit chess-like. <laughs> I mean, the other thing I would say as a strength for the game is that I honestly don't remember. That's why I paused and, like, the box says approx 30 minutes and I paused and I was like how long did we take and I think that's because the game is really engaging mm -hmm. I I wasn't bored for a second uh I was occasionally like it's the kind of game where you occasionally get frustrated because you're like oh I made a bad move two moves ago yeah and then you you see something that you didn't previously see which I really like because it's 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 challenging enough that you that you get that sort of like should I shouldn't I should I shouldn't I but um, I think the game's fair as well. I think that the the fact that you get some flexibility in your choices makes it fair and not just a random draw-based game. Um, but yeah, I think it was so engaging. I honestly couldn't tell you how long we played for. But yeah, mm -hmm. I agree it was, that, it was about that an hour. we... Cons <laughs> well, okay, there we go. We were concentrating the house down boots. Yeah, um, we really were. <laughs> we really were. We were absolutely determined to get the battle one another, but it made it really fun. <laughs> there was a bit at the end where there was like a bead of sweat coming down. Like, oh, if I get this last move wrong, I'm done for. Yeah, it did pretty much come down to the wire. 
Um, yeah. Is there anything else kind of that you yeah, liked about wanna, it aside from the gameplay? Yeah, I want to give another positive, which is that just it ev- evokes this really nice context, and to me that matters. Like there are games, I think um, something like Odin's Ravens that we played, where you can take or leave the story a bit. Mm-hmm. But I I really appreciated the context of that, and so did you. And I think this is similar if you're the kind of person who enjoys a context and, like, gets in the mood. And, like, every time you cook the mushrooms, make the noise. <laughs> Which we did. <laughs> <laughs> Which we did. <laughs> every time I put mushrooms in the frying pan, I'm like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> a splash of cedar. Gluck, 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 gluck. <laughs> Um, so I think for me, that's always a positive where there is an effort made to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I just love the little feet. It's such a simple design just to, that you're looking down at your feet. I just think that's just so cute. And the illustrations are really beautiful. Um, but that kind of brings me on to one of my negatives. Yeah, go on, <laughs> let's do it. And, and you let me know if you thought the same thing. I think you did. Um I found the text quite hard to read. Um, It's very sort of, um, what's the word? It's like kind of cursive. I'm looking at, oh no, it's not cursive. It's the sort of font that's a bit curly, Mm -hmm. but it's not not joined up. But um, because all the names are in Latin and the pictures, although they're beautiful, a couple of them are a bit similar, um, especially in terms of the color palette and stuff like that i think it's quite easy to just get mushrooms confused with each other yeah Um, so yeah i just i just wanted just a tiny bit more distinction between the cards so i gave you a tip for that didn't i yeah you were playing which is that if um if you're a bit kind of confused by the the writing the pictures in the top left they have a unique number combination Mm. because it tells you um how many flavor flavor points points they're worth and also how many sticks you get for trading them in so if you look at those two numbers in combination they're unique so if you just look at that part it's like using playing Mm. cards yeah absolutely and maybe it's just a me thing but i was constantly going oh i thought i put that one with its partner Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I was confusing too quite a lot of the time. That might just be a me thing, but it's happened every single time I've played the game. And I've played the game several times. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, maybe I'm just a bit brain weird. Um, but I would have liked like maybe a different colour border for the different sets of cards. I don't think that would have been a negative thing for the gameplay or the art. No. Um, so yeah, that, that would have been something I'd improve. But otherwise, honestly, I can't really think of any negatives for this game. Can you? No, I I really enjoyed it. I want to play it again. For me, it is that it's a game that's got that perfect balance of strategy and chance that I enjoy so much. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make anyone feel bad if they lose it because you can always blame it on chance. (laughs) Yeah, but also it's just so enjoyable. And every time you cook some mushrooms, you just feel so good about yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anything else we need to know? Who's Who's it for? Anyone in particular? Um, well, this is recommended for ages 10 and up. I think that's about right because of the amount of strategizing mm-hmm. and concentration. But obviously, yeah, if you 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 know a 10-year-old who, or a, sorry, a 9-year-old or an 8-year-old who's really good at that stuff, then give it a try. There's obviously nothing. It's mushroom-based. There is nothing in here that is um, going to be offensive or inappropriate. Um, it doesn't talk about naughty mushrooms, so you're good there. Mm. This is true, yeah. There's, there's nothing up. The, the closest we get there's is fly no agaric, which is yeah, just... Yeah, which uh, is just a poisonous mushroom. Exactly. It's just good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? It might even encourage you to go out family foraging um, <laughs> because I was hungry. So that's the only other thing I'd say. Like, I don't know if I've played a game before that's made me so hungry. <laughs> yeah, same. I was pretty desperate for some uh, mushrooms and butter inside <laughs> after that. So that's a top tip. Make sure you've got it ready. That is a, yeah, and I I am actually having mushrooms after we finish recording this podcast because I was like, <laughs> I am going to be craving those shrooms. Um, yeah, and it's lovely. And, and, and leaning in now to who I'd recommend this to, and I say this quite a lot, especially with board games, don't be put off by the artwork um, because it's quite sort of twee. 
it's quite like mm. it's very brown and sort of pastoral looking and there's just a basket of mushrooms on the front of the box so don't look at that and go oh this looks like a boring game like this is actually a really fun game um it the rules were very easy and as you play the game and you've got cards um like a lot of modern games do now where you've got the rules in your hands basically um it's very easy it's very quick to pick up and i don't be put off by the way it looks if you like a card based game a quite a chilled one but one that yeah as tim said like definitely gets your strategic juices going a little bit definitely pick this up and I think it's lovely that this game has been designed for two players specifically because not enough games are and you often, especially in this day and age, like when we're struggling still sometimes to find spots in our diaries to meet up, like mm -hmm. often you are just able to hang out with one person or maybe you just live with one other person and... Um, yeah, this is a really lovely game and I recommend it to everyone who likes card-based, tabletop, slightly, mildly strategic, sweet games. What's the rating then? Have you got anything then? to add? Oh, Have you got anything no, to just, add? Just that I agree with you. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I concur. I love it. And, and, and you know, um, it's not like mind-blowing or anything, but I think it does what it says on the box, which is... Uh, provide you with a lovely little game for two players um so for that i'm giving it a pretty high rating giving it nine out of ten yay nine out of ten game i would agree yes. by the way. i would do that as well just knocking off that one for the accessibility issue of the design that yeah. we mentioned I, I agree but yeah great game and great game and super portable as well that um reminded me of a game that, um, huh? look, this isn't really going to be a review because it's okay. not a game you can buy. Um, ooh, the mystery. Ooh. But playing, playing Fungi with you the other day as a card game reminded me of a drinking game that I've played before oh, that I haven't yeah. played in a while called Mushroom. Are you familiar with this? Um, I don't know because drinking games often have different names so yes. tell me about it and i'll let you know if i know it by a different name but i don't know a game called mushroom they have different names and they have different variants so i'll give you yeah. kind of like the most basic version and then we'll talk about variants and mm -hmm. stuff so the idea of, of mushroom is you can use any deck of cards you know sort of standard playing uh, playing cards and you put a, a glass in the middle of the table now some people will do it that it's an empty glass um some people will do it that it's like like a, a pint glass full of beer or whatever or or a sort of penalty drink or whatever anyway the idea is that you take it in turns to put cards and balance them on the rim of the glass um but what you can't do is have um when you kind of put cards on cards you always have to have two corners on and then the other two corners not touching anything and that means that it goes from being kind of like a sort of uh, a tower and it mushrooms out because the to uh, top surface has to get bigger and bigger, yeah? As you put I them have on. played this. That's why it's called this. Mushroom. I um, have played this, yeah. And this was my sort of stacking game reference. It's a bit like Jenga, except with playing cards and it gets gradually mm -hmm. wider and wider. Yeah. And the drinking game element of it is, you know, at its most simple that um, whoever is, you know, puts a card on and it makes some cards fall off the glass, that's the penalty. You then have to go and drink the drink that's in the middle. So that's the and very simple version. So have you yeah. played it like that or with any variants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I don't remember it having a name, but I've played it like that. And the drink in the middle is a dirty pint. So it's like a yeah. mix of lots of different things. And it's usually disgusting. Yes, exactly. I think that's the particular British version. Is that we always, yeah. <laughs> we, always, we always create a dirty pint out of leftovers if we're going to go down that road rather than something nice. Yeah. Um, I've seen it played on a wine bottle, for example, oh, as well. Oh, and go out to like, and being and played with like multiple decks of cards and getting really big. Um, there's, wow. I've played it a couple of times with a single deck where we have managed to put all the cards into a mushroom. And then what we do is play it in reverse. So then you have to take one <gasps> off at a time. And then it's much more like Jenga. Then it's a Jenga-fied. And that's really wow. hard. Um, I've played versions as well where you, you put all the cards sort of down on the table in a ring. And when you pick up a card, it's, it's face down and you have to guess whether it's red or black. And 
if you get it wrong, you have to put the card on as normal. But if you get it right, you can give it to someone else to uh, to stack. <gasps> ah, high so stakes. It, yeah, it adds just a little bit of a bit of chance, but also a bit of like revenge play because <laughs> inevitably you start picking on people. And um, so there's a version like that, and there's also a version where um, if you get the the color wrong, that's how many fingers of your current drink you have to down. So there's yeah. there's like much boozier versions where you take into account the numbers of the cards as well as you play along. But uh, you can do whatever you want with it. But the idea is if you've got if you're in a pub and there's a deck of cards and you've got a spare glass, you can kind of create your own version of Jenga if they don't have that in the pub already. Yeah, and it's slightly less dangerous as well. Uh, drunk Jenga. <laughs> gets a bit wild um, <laughs> especially in the pub when there's drinks on the table someone's drink always gets knocked over or something gets smashed um or certainly in my experience it's usually me i was gonna say something. yeah that's very much a you experience um, again yeah <laughs> but not with the jenga tower because i'm good at jenga usually with my elbow while i'm trying to like balance a brick mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Not very elbow aware. <laughs> That's really yeah. I haven't played this for a really long time. I feel like this was a um, when I was doing my master's uni drinking game game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably been about twenty years since I've played it. So. <laughs> I pretty much think every table in every pub should just have a deck of cards on. Like, yeah. I don't need your ketchup and mayonnaise on my table. I think everyone yeah. needs a deck of cards and it would just encourage us to all chill out a bit. <laughs> One thing I do remember, though, when playing this was how sticky and gross the cards were. <laughs> oh, yeah. End, but towards the end of the game, because it it's fallen in the pint a few times like <laughs> i think this is why it's a good idea to have a proxy pint <laughs> just to have a glass that you can play on rather than have one filled with liquid sticky from cards. the beginning um but the good thing with sticky cards is that they're, they stick together makes the so game easier makes game, yeah it makes the game easier <laughs> on, on the way up just not on the way down on the way down yeah. it makes it harder <laughs> Yeah, I like that version. I haven't played that version um, where you take them off again. There we but go. yeah, definitely the building thing. And it's nice because um, you're drunk, but you can still uh, think about mechanics and construction, you know? Exactly. It's like a, a anyway, safe I... way of building things. <laughs> <laughs> I thought with our, um, you know, our sort of mushroomy theme today, I thought I'd throw that in as a reminder of a game that some people might have played in the past, but not for a while. So I reckon next time we're together in a pub, we should give it another go. All right, let's do it. Um, who would you recommend this game to? Pubs. <laughs> All pubs. You have, you have okay. to be above drinking age. <laughs> I'm no under 18s playing this game. Not even, okay. not even with juice. It's not allowed. <laughs> Oh, I guess the getting drunk element of all drinking games is integral to the design of drinking games. Otherwise, they might be too easy. I think if you're not going to drink when you play this game, you might as well play Jenga or Kaplunk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, Kaplunk. Oh, God, I haven't played that for years. Oh, let's get a set of Kaplunk, Tim. Yeah. There was not, there was just such a soul destroying sound when the marbles all went down. You're like, oh, dear God. <laughs> not only have I lost the game, but the sound of just crushed marbles mm-hmm. just Sounds destroys your soul a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, obviously, we can't rate this game, but um, highly recommended by Tim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so try it out next time you're in the pub. Bring a pack, of, or you've got people over. House party game, probably quite fun as well. Um, I've got yeah, a, a, a tenuous link to the next game. Do you want to hear yeah, it? Yeah, I, I love this link. I, I had a preview. Go on. Um, fungi. Yeah. Is a five letter word. It is. Does everyone know what we're going to talk about next? <laughs> five letter word. What could it be? Oh, and you have to guess a different one every single day. What could we be talking about? <laughs> I mentioned this in our sort of annual roundup thing, didn't I? Yeah. But we thought we'd actually do it properly. So we've got to talk yes. about Wordle, haven't we? We have to, especially as it's now been acquired by New York Times. Mm. So that puts a whole different spin on some of the, the things that we were saying were so good about it. Um, also, I, I play it now. I play it every day. Oh, yes. I haven't played it today you didn't, I think you hadn't played it at the time I mentioned it, had you? I hadn't. Now, now I'm like waiting 
for it to get to like one minute past midnight to play. I'm always, <laughs> up. I'm always up late, so I play it at like a minute past midnight. Oh, my, mine's always a, <laughs> mine's always a morning toilet experience. That's my that's my rhythm. Uh, should I give you just a quick reminder in case anyone's been living under a rock? Yeah, go on then. Uh, give a, us a nutshell. It's a web-based word game. It was developed by Josh Wardle, um, initially sort of as a, a lockdown gift to his partner, um, but released it in October 2021. And then it sort of really gained popularity at the, at the end of last year in December. So players have six attempts to guess a five-letter word, like fungi. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or cards with uh, I won't keep giving Indeed. examples of five letter words we know what they are um, and then you get feedback each time um, <laughs> in the form of coloured tiles that tell you when the letters either match or they occupy the correct position which mm-hmm. is very like the uh, the game Mastermind if you're familiar with that with the different yes. coloured pegs and positions but also yep. this game has existed before in other forms so um, it was a, a pen and paper game called Giotto in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And it was also um, a game show on US TV called Lingo, which was out in the 1980s. Oh, and which oh, has just that. been recommissioned and relaunching, <gasps> hosted by RuPaul. So there you go. <laughs> the... Presumably because of the popularity yeah. of Wordle? Because of the popularity wow. of Wordle, yeah. They're, they're relaunching Lingo with RuPaul. Um, wow so yes. me me mentioning saboteur earlier uh is mm-hmm. now a nice link to this real report exactly uh, news. I, did, I, I hadn't heard more news uh with, <laughs> with giving it all to you today listeners uh so much news um amazing wow so um what for you i mean you if anyone's heard this podcast before you know tim is a lover of word games mm. but what specifically about this game um made you like mention it in one of your games of the year and what has kept you playing every day Tim? So first of all I mean the gameplay is very simple and it's wordy which you know appeals to me and I like but when I did the roundup I also mentioned it was for me it was representative of any game that was uh, put out into the world for free during lockdown and could be accessed for free and you know it was just sort of appreciating all those pet projects so one of the things I really liked about it is that it's just web-based. You can go on your phone or your laptop or whatever. Um, there's only one per day. Yeah. And I think this is absolutely crucial in its popularity because what it meant was that everyone was playing the same game at the same time. Mm-hmm. It made it really shareable. You know, one of the mm. things that um, uh, I think really helped it peak in, in December was that that's when he launched the ability to share your results, but where the letters were anonymized. So it was just released as yeah. like colored emojis. And everyone yeah. started doing it to sort of compare and show off or commiserate, you know, with their friends. Yeah. So super shareable, very viral uh, because of those reasons. Um, and I think um, I, also it meant that you sort of didn't get to bogged down in any sort of gamifying mechanics yeah although you do get like you know a a running streak of how you're doing it's not the most important thing the most important thing is kind of that i've got one thing i'm gonna do with five minutes and then move on with my day rather than get sucked into a time-wasting mobile app so i really like that about it as well yeah absolutely and it's really nice on the odd occasion where i forget to play it at one minute past midnight and I'm like waiting for a train. I'm like, oh, I haven't done my wordle. Yes. Like, it's a really nice thing to remember to do when you've got a bit of time to kill that you'd otherwise just be bored or scrolling. Um, so yeah, that's that's like a lovely thing to do every day. And also just comparing notes. Like I've never posted mine. I don't think you have either, have you? But, I, don't, um, I wouldn't post publicly, uh, but I do share it with friends directly yeah that's what i was about to say like alex and i my my husband and i we we both do it but we do them independently and we're like how many did you get how many rows did it Mm -hmm. take you like um it is very funny and there's been a couple of words that have come up that are for us part of our sort of like shared humor like um anytime and this is a past game so it's it can't be a spoiler because it's happened no, and there's yeah, a new exactly. word every day. So I am going to mention a word that came up, I think, a week or so ago. But um, anytime one of us is scrolling on the phone needlessly, we remind each other to not do that by saying, are you having an elder? Right. 
Do you want to explain that? Elder Scroll. Oh, it's a gaming reference. Okay, with you. So about ten, I think it was about ten days ago. The word was elder, and I got it in I think two goes actually that day. And I was like, Alex, I can't wait for you to get this. And it was just such a moment of joy because. Mm-hmm. We all have that with our friends. Like we all have like random words that just just are funny for whatever reason. I think there was moist. Was there moist recently? There was, yeah. Yeah, that that is another <laughs> one. We all remember that because, one. Because, yeah. Also, I just I I don't really eat much cake, but anytime someone eats a cake in front of me that someone else has made, the words are always. It's very moist and it just makes me <laughs> laugh so much. It's like that is the only adjective that anyone ever uses about cake. <laughs> I I do that. If, if um, a sommelier brings over like some wine and was like, would you like to try it? I go, yeah, I give it a swirl, give it a sniff and a, a, a sip and then go, it's very moist. Top tip, if you don't know what to say to the sommelier when he's like, do you want to try this? And you're like, oh, the pressure. The pressure to give tasting notes. Just say, yeah, it's really moist. It's moist. <laughs> it's wet. It's wet. It's a drink. <laughs> That's so mm-hmm, funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So, sorry, I digress massively. But it's just nice that just a simple word can be funny or like mean something between people because it's just a word. And... It's just nice that, yeah, we can just sort of uh, compare and share and have fun yes. with whatever the solution was. Um, and it's a really some... accessible word game, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, um, I mean, not only in the sense that it's it's quite easy and anyone can play along because of that sort of, you know, mastermind element to it where you, you get hints to the word. But it is also available as a high contrast theme. It has colorblind yeah. accessibility. So mm-hmm. the, um, the color scheme is green and yellow at the moment but you can change it to orange and blue as well if you need that yeah lovely so yeah let's get on to your sort of positives and negatives well so i think i've kind of done the positives really in that it you know it's fun it's shareable it's easy it's free it's all these things i'll go on to the the dislikes which aren't yeah aren't so much my dislikes i have to say i don't i don't have Mm -hmm. any dislikes of it personally Mm -hmm. But the elephant in the room with this game is that the New York Times company uh, purchased it in January 2022 for uh, an undisclosed seven-figure sum. And it's it's kind of hit its rocky patch now because um, a lot of people have had criticisms as a result of that or, you know, perceiving uh, because of that. So one of the things is that people at first worried that it was going to get easier and then worried that it was going to get harder um and some mm-hmm. people i think who, who have had uh word fails in the past couple of weeks have obviously straight away just blamed it on the takeover as opposed to them having a bad day or whatever it is mm-hmm. um another is that um there have been some americanizations yes. in, in the spelling um, you know, obviously it is, a, it is a US, well, I was going to say it's a US-based game. It, it's created by a Welshman and the domain is actually yeah. UK, but he was living in the US. And, you know, at some point you do have to choose a spelling. So um, yeah. with American Americanizations, it means you have oh. more five-letter words. So that, that bugs a couple of, me. Yeah, that bugs a couple of people. <laughs> yeah. And the other aspect that people picked up on is that some words had been censored. Um, so you oh. can only input words that are in their official dictionary and the new york times removed some words that they felt were inappropriate like slave or lynch um which is an interesting one because it's a private game (laughs) it's not like you're necessarily going to be broadcasting words that you you put in like i'm not sure what the impact of me let's say for example you know i had put in the word slate and the t was wrong i might logically think slave is a legitimate guess mm-hmm, therefore mm-hmm. so i'm not i'm not quite sure what you know what kind of social impact they expect it to have that there are some yeah. words that i would think are legit and are not um so that's right. an odd one. yeah that is interesting and the other aspect is that at the moment it remains free but i've heard the intent is that they will monetize it at some point so they'll probably put ads into it but the of course everyone's fear phrase, is the official phrase on their statement was it will remain free for the foreseeable future i believe yeah so that is a loaded 
phrase because that is what is foreseeable. Yeah, right. So um, it will probably be ads at some point, but obviously what mm. everyone would worry about, you know, when it first came out as a mobile, well, a web-based experience that you could do on mobile, everyone's happy that you didn't have to pay for any kind of experience. So I think that would be the death of it if they did that. But I think they'll throw some ads in at some point. So there you yeah. go. That's the sort of worries, yeah. worries of the dislikes. Yeah, and I, I, I share with you in that. But also, like, I have to say for the, the creator of the game, I mean, go you. Like, you made money out of it. Like, mm. why not? I, I don't begrudge the success of this person. And, you know, I, I'd love it if I created a game and <laughs> and it got bought. Oh, we all. Um, <laughs> wouldn't we all, right? Um, especially after a pandemic where everyone's been struggling. But... Um, yeah, I know, I know what you mean, because part of the beauty of the game is its accessibility, the fact that it's not behind a paywall, um, you're not being, like, bombarded with ads. So, yeah, let I guess let's see. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of things I was going to mention just in the who it's for region yeah. before we conclude. Yeah, recommendations. Which is, yeah. just in addition to accessibility that I've already said, it's available in over 90 languages. So uh, if you fancy giving yourself a challenge, you could try one of the other languages. That includes uh, Welsh, because the, the creator is Welsh. It includes That's American really Sign good. Language, which is pretty cool, oh. and additional accessibility. And if you really want to challenge yourself, Klingon. I was going to say, I bet there's Klingon. Yeah, of course oh, there's Klingon. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, my, pling, no, my, my Klingon my Klingon is uh, not great, but um, <laughs> I appreciate that some people will be playing in Klingon. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Elvish, Elv, Elvish, Elvish will be incorporated at some point as well. <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm sure all of those are in the works. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. And so, Tim, what would you rate Wordle? Oh, no, wait, one more thing before rating. What do you say to people who have avoided playing Wordle because they see it as like a faddy meme and it's annoying them that everyone's little squares have popped up mm -hmm. over Twitter for, for months now? Uh, get over yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get over yourself, you narcissist. Get off social media if it bothers you. <laughs> it's funny because I think I was a bit like, oh, I feel like I've missed the hype. But now it's sort of an enduring thing. Then I, I just started playing it over um, yeah, end of Jan, I think, or earlier this month. I can't even remember. But yeah, it's fine. It's easy. You just, just try it. That's what I'd say. Mm -hmm. Try it, guys. Um, so what would your rating be? So I, I don't share any of the concerns that I went through in the dislikes, but I thought I'd yeah. kind of fairly represent them. For me, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this game. I can't find anything wrong with it. I love that it exists. I have a lot of fun with it. I don't put it on social media. I just have direct kind of conversations with people. So for me, it's a 10. Oh! I feel like, Tim, this is only your second ever 10 that you've ever given it is. my my turn podcast. Uh, it is. The first being Psychonauts 2. Yeah, um, I mean, and obviously yes. there, are, there are different scales of ambition and playability there. Um, so, you know, it, the, the mark reflects what it is. It's not what in it comparison exactly. to a massive game. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's same as what I said with Fungi. It's like, it, for what it is, what a bloody great game. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, 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 I reckon I'd probably lean sort of 9, 10 for Wordle as well. Like, it's, what's wrong with it? I mean, yeah, probably a 10 because there's, what is wrong with it? Nothing. Nothing. Um, like, literally nothing. Uh, you can play it or you don't and as Tim said get over yourself if you don't yeah. like it uh, <laughs> I love how harsh you are but true harsh but fair harsh but fair like the fungi game mm -hmm. oh god and um, you know what else is harsh but fair I've got mushrooms to eat because I thought about how I was going to feel at the end of this podcast and you didn't Preempt no. your feelings or, and get yourself mushrooms. This is true. I didn't. Mushroom but bread. you might want to eat the mushrooms. But do you want to drink the mushrooms? <gasps> do I? I don't know. Is it time for Timmy's Tasty Tipples? <laughs> I thought you had to know about the mush the various mushroom drinks that are available out there. Oh, yeah. So first of all, and I will say I haven't had this, but last year, for some reason, there was a great big fad in mushroom coffee. So Yes, I've had it. Oh, okay. Do you want to talk about it then? Go on. 
Yes, it is like, um, it's delicious. Uh, I've had a powdered sort of version. So it's, a, it's basically instant coffee, but with yeah. a, a mushroom extract. I don't know what kind of mushroom it is. Do you know? Um, it, it can be pretty much any kind of mushroom. I've seen um, mushroom lattes prepared just with button mushrooms. Right. Well, this was a, it was a powdered dehydrated mushroom and it had a sort of edge of porcini. So it sort of mm-hmm. had that sort of like, like a kind of porcini stock kind of feel to it on top of the coffee, which was quite frankly, absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. It, it was really nice. It added a, a savory sweetness um, to the coffee. Um, now, my mum made me drink it when I was quite unwell last year. She was like, I've been told this is really good for you. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just coffee with powdered mushroom, but sure. Um, so <laughs> I don't know about the the health benefits it's meant to have because I just eat mushrooms anyway. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Balanced diet. This is the thing. Yeah, I read about that. People are like, it's healthy. I'm like, well, I eat mushrooms and have coffee anyway. So it's the same. It's exactly. the same thing. Let me tell you about a couple but of But is others. it tasty? Yes. Good. I, no, I will try it when I see it. Um, on the beer front, we've got a breakfast of champignon, which <gasps> not only is a great name, but it's a really Fucking good excuse to drink name. beer in the morning, which is when I last had this. Um, wow. It's by Wild Beer Company, who do really excellent beers. Um, they're based in the southwest. Um, and yeah, this is a, a, a mushroom beer. It does have kind of that taste of um, uh, that taste of mushrooms with it. It's very mm. light. It's very delicious. I recommend and it. And it's light. Mm. Ah, weirdly, I imagine it's sort of slightly brown. No, no, it's ah, it's, it's like a more on the side of a lager kind of thing. Yeah, it's oh, more on the side wow. of a lager. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. And alternatively, more mushroom beers, but these are of the non-alcoholic variety. Oh. There's a company called. Now this is quite hard to say. It looks good, but it's hard to say. So it's the the Fungational Brew Company. It's meant to be like functional, but Fungational. And they have <laughs> a range a range of beers called Fung Fung Tien Function. Um, all of okay. 0.5% ABV, so so non-alcoholic. And they've got um, an IPA that's made with lion's mane mushroom. They've got a Ooh. chaga lager and a reishi citra. And they are all... And it's a UK company. They are fantastic non-alcoholic mushroom beers, if you want to try that. I would like to try... Have you tried that? I haven't tried those ones yet, no. I would like to try that. I would like to try them. And then ask them to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> and just if finally, um, you will find actually the mushrooms pop up a fair bit in gins uh, these days. <gasps> so there's there's one called um, by Corner 53 called the Amami, which is made with butternut and shiitake gin. Um, oh, and actually, oh, that sounds amazing. There's, um, there's a gin place right next to where I live called Jensen's, and I popped in one day to sort of see what they'd been creating, because sometimes they have fun with trying new flavours, and they'll like let mm-hmm. you test them in the bar, but they don't release them. And uh, I went in one time, and they'd made a red pepper and shiitake gin, uh, oh, that they lovely. recommend for like a sort of gin Mary morning cocktail. And it was fantastic. Oh. So there you go. Put some mushrooms in your gin as well. Another reason to drink booze in the morning. <laughs> yeah. um, so do they add that to the gin as a botanical at the botanical yes. stage? Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. What good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's really That's just a really too. good earthy flavor to it. It's really I'm good. I'm so hungry for mushrooms right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm salivating. Um, so with that, thank you very much, uh, Timmy's Tasty Tibbles. Mm-hmm, you're welcome. I am going to go off and fry some mushrooms in some butter and cedra. Um, I don't have cedra, but I've got cedra vinegar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that'll have to do. Um, thank you very much for joining us for this episode of My Turn Podcast. Uh, what a fun guy you've been as well, Tim. Thank you very much uh, for your knowledgeable thanks. and tasty input. Thank you. I've had a wonderful time. I'm going to go out foraging uh, because there's not mushroom in here. (laughs) 
And with that, we'd like to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. As ever, please share this podcast with your friends. Uh, and we love it if you could give us a five-star review on your platform of choice. It'll be really, really helpful. Thank you very much. We'll see you again soon. Bye, fun guys.